If you are in any kind of communication environment, whether you're giving a speech, you're doing an interview, if you don't take people on a journey, they will be unsatisfied. And I think that actually is because our whole way of perceiving the world, our whole way of understanding progression is with stories. We need stories to make sense of the world. And that is why if you're out there telling the story of your business that you've poured your love and your heart into, you are telling a story and, and you want to bring customers and competitors and suppliers, you want to bring them all on that journey. So I think understanding story is actually key to all communication. Welcome to episode 100 of Be The Drop, a weekly podcast that helps you become a communicator of influence by sharing stories from people who are influential in their field. I'm Amelia Veal, Director at Narrative Marketing and firm believer in the superpower of storytelling. What does it take to be a good interviewer? How do you capture content in order to create a story that will keep your audience on a journey and keep them with you until the end? As a content creator and storyteller, these are questions I regularly search to answer as I work to continually improve my interview techniques. Sitting down at Hybrid World Adelaide with Mark Fennell, renowned Australian radio, TV and podcast interviewer and presenter, was therefore a huge honour and also slightly intimidating. As the anchor of SBS Viceland's news show, The Feed, Mark has interviewed high-profile people from Al Gore to Tom Cruise. Mark also created and presents ABC Radio National's award-winning podcast, Download This Show, so he has a wealth of experience and knowledge to share on the topics of interview techniques and storytelling. In today's episode of Be The Drop, Mark talks about how to take people on a journey through storytelling, why story is critical to all forms of communication, especially in today's digital world. Plus, he shares some top tips to help you improve your interview techniques. This is Mark's version of Be The Drop. We're super proud to have reached 100 podcast episodes this week. We're celebrating on our social media channels by sharing messages from past guests. To join the celebrations, you can find me at B underscore the underscore drop on Instagram and Twitter or via my Narrative Marketing Facebook page. Woohoo! And here's to another 100. So the podcast is called Be The Drop, which is around my passion for the saying, a waterfall begins with one drop. And it investigates communicators that create waterfalls, basically, by bringing people together and motivating and inspiring. And my views on this have changed. But the one thing that's been really central through it all is the storytelling element. Yeah. You have been, you know, interviewing and uncovering people's stories for a long time. Mm. So, you know, when did you first start becoming interested in stories? For me, professionally, when I realised that um, understanding narrative and how people feel something beginning, middle, end and and the payoff of that, understanding that that was um, something ingrained in all of us human beings and that was something, a a philosophical idea that could be dropped over any other kind of content. So when I was at Triple J um, doing the movie reviews, those 90-second, two-minute reviews, they had to operate as a story. They had to have a hook a beginning, a setup, a middle, progress, an end, a twist. And it ha- it, they, actually, if you listen to them, they, they all had to adhere to that structure. And when these days my job on um, SBS Weissland is interviewing people, even those things, they need to have that arc. And I, 
And I find that if, if you are in any kind of communication environment, you're giving a speech, you're doing an interview, you're offering up an opinion or a hot take, if you don't take people on a journey, they will be unsatisfied. And I think that actually is because we are raised with stories. We are raised with an idea, our whole way of perceiving the world, our whole way of understanding progression is with stories. We need stories to make sense of the world. And that is why, no matter what industry you're in, you know, brands often talk these days about, you know, it's our, it's our brand story. And it's a little bit obnoxious, right? But it's also true. You, if, you're, if you're out there telling a story of your business that you poured your love and your heart into, you are telling a story and, and you want to bring customers and competitors and suppliers, you want to bring them all on that journey. So I think understanding story is actually key to all communication. Yeah, and you have interviewed some really high-profile famous people, mm. and so their stories are known. Mm. But I, you know, I note that when you do it, you approach it trying to get a slightly different angle and a different side of the story. How do you go about preparing for that and then unraveling a story that's already known but in a different way? So I do interview a mixture of very famous people and people no one's ever heard of but have amazing stories. And when it comes to very famous people, I think what you need to start with is like all right, what do people mostly know about this person? Uh, okay, they know that they're in Ocean's Eleven and da-da-da-da. All right, so that's, you need to, I think, you need to set a baseline for where you roughly think the audience's expectations are because then you know what more you need to find out in order to find something interesting. And so my goal with research, particularly for somebody in, with a public profile, is to try and find stories about things that the audience either have no idea about or find a story about something the audience do know about, say a movie or an album, that they've never heard before. And that is just about either having the patience and the curiosity to fish with them for a little while, or it's about listening to every single interview they've done in the past and trying to find it. And I said this in the, in the workshop here at um, Hybrid World Adelaide, that um, I love to listen, for particularly actors and movie stars, I love to listen to old uh, public radio interviews that they've done because they're usually never transcribed and if they're never transcribed they never end up on their Wikipedia page. I shouldn't be telling you my secrets. But, uh, it's, <laughs> I, I mean it's, it's hardly like you know high espionage but uh, that's what I look for because that's and often you're not looking for what they say you're looking for what they didn't say. I think the other thing that I think it is about when somebody sits down to be interviewed by you you have to think about what is it that they want to get out of it. When, they, when somebody sits down in front of you they probably want to be seen as smart they want to be seen as informed. Um, in the context of this show, they probably want to be thought of as a, as a thought leader, somebody that's really kind of driving their industry forward. If you consider where they're starting from, you can use that knowledge to, to move around to get what you want uh, and make them feel like they're not being used. Right, so it's a little bit, I mean, it's, 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 honestly, it's just a little bit about just like being a good person. You do it right now. So what you're doing right now is you and I make eye contact. You, you're, you know, you're a relaxed person. I feel like when I give you an answer, you're genuinely interested. When you ask a question, you're genuinely curious. The reason you can you're make good, me embarrassed. No, the reason you, <laughs> the reason you are good at this is because you care about what you're hearing. I think you can tell when somebody is present and genuinely cares about what you have to say, um, and you can tell when they're just like leaning, going, "I have a headline in the back of my head that I want to get out of this moment." Yeah. You can tell. Yeah. You can tell. Um, and I've caught myself. I've caught myself being there, like asking too many needling questions and they know that I want a thing and they shut it down. Mm. So you've just got to, it's about your physicality in the space. You know, I often say that when I'm interviewing somebody, I shrink so they can get bigger. 
So well, one of the things I find with interviewing, and you may have covered this in your workshop, is you're listening to the person. So you might, you know, I've got, I haven't looked at my questions, but I have them here. They're like yeah, lifeline I, I write things case. out just before I go because it crystallises it in my head. I know, yeah. yeah, I did the same thing. But obviously the answers might change and you, you, I can't, I don't know what I'm going to get as far as information. So how do you work with curveballs or something that's different, you know, and, and you're, you're listening, but you're also trying to formulate your next question, yeah. you know, so that's, it's quite an active process. Yeah, yeah. So what's your advice for managing that? Okay. No, that's a, that's a really fascinating situation that it's very common, I think. So you agree to an interview because you know there's a story that you're pretty confident you can tell because you know enough about the subject and you know in order to make that interview work, there are certain points you need to hit to make that arc. So you have that in the back of your head, but then they say something amazing or they say something that completely is wrong, or like is, it flies in the face of what you thought you knew about them. Yeah. Follow it. So, and, and the one thing I tend to edit around is when a, a, an interviewee rejects the premise of a question that I do think that looks bad sometimes. It's like, so you're like, uh, I've heard you say, uh, like, I understand that you don't believe in, in, in aliens. And when they go, no, I definitely believe in aliens. That's a bad example, because like, if somebody says that, you're like, <laughs> tell me more. But, um, but I, think when, I, think, I think it's a bad look when they reject the complete premise of your question. And sometimes I, I, I construct around that a little bit. Because um, then it looks like you didn't do your research. Mm. In often case, what that is is that you read an article and that article misrepresented what they actually said, or they've changed their mind, which is a thing that people do sometimes. Yeah. So I think um, when a curveball negative happens, it's 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 breaking down the premise of what you wanted. I think your only option is to pivot and take a mental stock of like, all right, so this moment isn't working. What was the last thing that did work? Let's bounce back to that. And there's absolutely nothing wrong with going, oh, never mind, got that one wrong. Hey, um, the thing you were saying before was really interesting <laughs> about this. I mean, what, you got, you've got limited time, right? So you've got to find a way to get back there. And if you laugh at I mean, unless you've said something like outrageous, um, you can usually claw it back. So, okay, we are here at Hybrid World Adelaide, mm -hmm. which is looking at this collision of technology, digital entertainment and humanity and like where we're evolving and what's going on. Now, obviously, given the topic of your podcast, download this show. Mm. So tell me a little bit about your thoughts on where where are we going in this <laughs> hybrid world? It's a big question. No, I know, no, no, sorry. it is big. I mean, uh, there, there's a couple of ways of tackling it. One, I would say Adelaide itself has made some pretty interesting moves, uh, particularly in the arena of like investing in things like the Museum of Discovery and Rising Sun Pictures, which comes out of here, is one of the biggest effects houses. There's a lot of, like very, very specifically for Adelaide, I think there's some really great investment. Writ large, I think there is a few really big trends that are gonna affect us all. Driverless car technology is a big one. Um, I, think, I think it's unavoidable. I think um, the ethical issues it's gonna throw up are going to be so complex that we will not know what has hit us. I also think our media landscape is changing massively at the moment. I work on a TV show staffed by people in their 20s and early 30s. I reckon 60% of them don't own TVs. And so I, one of the thing, big things I'm really curious about is in a future where we only watch streaming services, what happens to news? I wanted to talk to you about podcasts. Obviously, yeah. we're having a pod, you know, it's on a podcast. Um, and you've been podcasting for seven years now? 
Yeah, download's been for seven years, but I actually used to look after the podcast at Triple J. Yeah. Before that. So between 2007 to nine. And there wasn't much podcasting happening in Australia at that time. No, but the ABC sort of like led the way with a lot of that stuff. Not, I mean, they weren't the only ones, but they produced so much content and they were among the first to kind of put it out in the world. So, and I set up the podcasting at um, Sydney's community broadcaster, FBI, even before that. So it's weird, podcasting has been this like quiet part of my career that I haven't really like publicised. Mm. And now when you get invited to things like this, like, yeah, I've been working in this arena for a while now. Yeah, well, and it's, <laughs> it's really growing. And I know you recently talked on one of your episodes about Google getting involved with their podcast app, you know, and potentially adding in audio content in to the algorithm, yeah. which is, you know, this is could big, be huge. Could be, be huge. huge. This is big space, like yeah. for audio content. And I think people are ready. They've got home speakers, as you say. They haven't got televisions. Like we're moving into they've this. A, but they're getting Alexas and home Google Homes. Yeah, yeah, it's interesting. Yeah, yeah. I actually think the future for audio is great. Few key problems with podcasting that I'm sure you'll be all too well aware of. Searchability for podcasts is really bad. Um, in, our, in my experience, in excess of 90% of podcast listening happens through um, the Apple iTunes app. And there's very limited metrics that they give back to podcasters about who's listening, when they're listening, how long they listened, all that sort of stuff. So the, dem- the, the metrics we get back need to be better because the metrics are how we can start to monetize. If, I, if, 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 if you know that somebody listened a whole episode through, you can sell more ads because you can say they listened to the third one. You can't necessarily do that in this day and age. Right? Now, that's for ad-supported podcasts, right? Um, there's also things that are behind paywalls. So um, Audible will produce things that are behind paywalls. So, in order for it to, to level up as an industry, searchability and better ways of monetizing it need to happen. Mm. Like we need for it to kind of go where it needs to go. And do you see Google's movement to sort of be moving it, the needle that way? If Google can fully deliver on what, to, on what they promise, and I have no reason to suggest that they can't, then it could be game changing. Because I want to be like, we need to be able to search what is said within to be able to kind of find it again in, in, a, in a search algorithm. Um, the seamless handoff of listening to a podcast on your phone, walking to your house, Google Home picks it up, that stuff could be really vitally important. So there's a lot of room to go and a lot of room to grow because in reality, like, you know, people like you and I, people that come to events like this, we know what podcasts are, but the vast majority, most majority of people don't. So there's a bunch of genres, there's a bunch of uh, different ways of podcasting that have not yet been opened up. And as we can monetize it easier, as we can find it easier, that's going to open up a world for demographics that aren't necessarily out there, you know, trawling through for economics and stuff like that. So mm-hmm. there's, I think it's really exciting, and I think, I think on-demand in-house audio and in-car audio is going to have a really important role in effectively taking that, 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 that space. Yeah. You mentioned in your workshop you're working on a new podcast, yep. which is a narrative style, yep. narrative storytelling. I'm, you know, that's something I'm very passionate about. My, biz- my business is called Narrative Marketing. Love it. So <laughs> uh, I was like, uh, what's the passion for you about this style? Um, I, there's a few things I wanted to... There's, there's some stories now that I want to work on that are bigger than 10-minute interviews. And I love the intimacy of audio. Like, I think you put two head- earbuds in... And it's in your head, right? So it's not, it's not an external, like, leave it on the background thing. It's like most people put them on their headphones and they're, it's a whole soundscape you can be taken into. And with that is an incredible power and an incredible intimacy that you can do very fascinating things with. And we've heard some beautiful work done and I, and I think there's, there's elements of this story that we can do quite well like that. Mm, fantastic. Well, thank you so much for your time, Mark. If you had, in conclusion, if yeah. you had any sort of advice on 
communication and how to really bring people together and how to you know, make impact with mm. communication, what would that be? The space you create between two people, the conversation you and I are having here, the conversation, it has to be infused by a sense of curiosity and empathy, right? So for any kind of interview or any kind of um, media that comes out of an interview to work, you, it really has to feel like there's a sort of, a, like a, a sort of an inherent sort of tension there where like you genuinely want to know a thing and I'm genuinely curious about what you're going to ask and therein lies a tension that is paid off in each of our responses, right? And that's why a good interview should work. Um, but in order for that to work, it's infused by a bunch of things. It's infused by curiosity, it's infused by empathy, it's infused by respect, it's, it's infused by the unknown. That's why those things work. And so any kind of interview-based communication has to have those elements in order for you to have that lean-in moment where you're like, I'm actually really curious to see where this is going to go. You've got to create that gap, you've got to create that tension and know to, um, when to pay it off, and then when it pays off, it's, it feels like we've achieved something together. And that's how you know we solved all of the media's problems in this one interview. <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic. Thank you. And I love that description of the lean-in moment. I yeah. think it's so beautiful. Thank Thanks. you so much. No, thank you. This was really lovely. Great. I really love talking to you. Thank you. Thanks for joining me for another episode of Be The Drop. Don't forget to subscribe in order to ensure you never miss one of our weekly episodes. Be The Drop is produced by Narrative Marketing where we believe that stories connect individuals and that powerful storytelling can positively impact the world. It is our mission to help unlock the power of story through this podcast and the range of products and services that we offer. To unleash your storytelling superpower, visit narrativemarketing.com.au or check out our social links in the show notes. To get in touch with any specific comments, you can email me via amelia at narrativemarketing.com.au. And don't forget that whilst a task or challenge may seem overwhelming, a waterfall begins with one drop and look what comes from that. Until next time. Mm -hmm.